BYU on the wrong side of a palindrome falling 41-14 to the Liberty Flames. One team played like it was the biggest game of the program's history. The other was just there so they didn't get fined. We're talking about it on Postcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Well, that was not fun. Uh, BYU loses 41 to 14 in blowout fashion to the Liberty Flames. They finished the game on a the wrong end of a 38 to nothing run for the Flames. Uh, this game, frankly, uh, started and the the tone was set Monday when that video was put out by the Liberty Football Program with head coach Hugh Freeze telling his players, "Frankly, gentlemen, this is the biggest game in our program's history. Liberty played like that." BYU was just along for the ride, it felt like. After the first quarter for BYU, nothing, and I mean nothing, went right. And frankly, in the first quarter, BYU's defense was a no-show from the get-go. But I I think the defense has been a no-show for the better part of three weeks now. BYU in the past three weeks, let's get some hard and fast stats out there for you guys. In the past three weeks, BYU's defense has given up 1,687 yards. Yes, that is well over 500 yards per game. It is not pretty in Cougarville right now for the BYU defense. And honestly, I don't think BYU has an answer for what they need to fix on defense because frankly, everything and anything they tried in this game yet again got obliterated by the Liberty defense. Excuse me, Liberty offense. This is... This is just, look at these stats. Let me let me run on the stats for you guys, because uh, there's certain people out there, Zach, you know who you are out there, telling me that I'm too overreactionary. You want analysis. This, you want me to break it down. Well, let's break it down for you. In this game, Liberty, 547 yards, 300 of that coming on the ground. BYU allowed a third or a four-string quarterback, not quite clear what Jonathan Bennett's status on, B, on the Liberty roster is, whether he's a third or a four-string quarterback, the simple fact of the matter is, uh, Liberty's quarterbacks, if you want to include Charlie Brewer in this, completed 24 of 29 passes. Um, okay, that's 8.5 yards per pass. They'd have the one interception, obviously that was an overthrow by Jonathan Bennett right into the hands of Talon Alfrey. But then they also, as I mentioned, ran for 300 yards on 48 rushing attempts, averaging 6.3 yards per carry. Total plays in this game for Liberty. Uh, just... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do we really want to break this down? 48 rushing attempts against 16 rushing attempts. Passing attempts, 29 versus 34. The the numbers in this game, yet again, absolutely pathetic for BYU. Just 12 first downs for BYU against 28 for Liberty. BYU had just three third down conversions. By the way, the second of which came with 9-11 to go in the ball game. They had one, and I count them, one first down conversion through the first three quarters and change of this ball game. 
I don't know how much more you want me to analyze out there because the analysis of this is frankly, BYU is in a really, really bad spot right now. Kalani Satake came out after the game and said, I am coordinating the defense. He, he said, I called the plays. I will continue to do that. I want my coaches to focus on their players and getting them right. And we need to get this, we need to get this thing going. The one thing I can say right now is BYU desperately, and I mean desperately, needs a bye week. The sad reality is BYU still has two more games before they finally get that bye week. It's going to come 10 weeks into the season yet again this year, the bye week absolutely killing BYU. If Kalani Satake is intent on really overhauling this BYU defense, doing it in now what is going to be a five-day week as they get ready for a Friday night matchup against East Carolina, it's near impossible. He needs that extra bye week where he can really put the guys through the paces and say, this is what we're trying to do scheme-wise. You'd think it'd be easier to install, but it's not. I know coaches well enough, and I know how installs go, that you've spent months and months and months building what the players are playing with right now, that trying to tear that down and install it in a day or two, it isn't going to work. But BYU now has to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and get ready for a game against East Carolina this coming Friday night. And frankly, if I'm East Carolina, yet again, just like Liberty last week after watching uh, BYU against Arkansas, licking their chops thinking about this BYU defense. Because right now, it it frankly is the cure for what ails any team that plays the Cougars. Because like I said, 1,687 yards the past three weeks. Uh, The thing about this with Liberty, my friends, is Liberty through three quarters the week before against Gardner-Webb University, and Gardner-Webb is far from a powerhouse. They're a middling FCS program. Liberty barely won that game 21-20, or was it 22-21? Regardless, they won by one point. And through three quarters of that game, Liberty had 141 total yards. Liberty had 100 161 total yards before the 10 minute mark of the second quarter in this game on their way to 547 total yards. Are you telling me that Gardner Webb's defense is better than uh, BYU's defense? Well, the numbers sure indicate that. And the, the other thing about this, Liberty have played close game upon close game this season. They're now 7-1 and one, and really the only blowout on their, on their list here of games that they have played if you want to count a 14 point win at Old Dominion as a blowout, okay, Great. UMass was the one that was really a blowout, 42-24. to Outside of that, they have won 29-27, 21-14, lost 37-36, won 21-12, won 21-20, and then all of a sudden, here comes BYU, 41-14. to what else, there is to, what else is there to analyze right now? BYU is three weeks removed from sitting at 4-1 and one and being nationally ranked, and now, frankly, they're a laughing stock out there because they can't stop anybody. It... it I, BYU, I don't know if they necessarily have the answers for what is affecting them. And the funny thing about the offense had not been a problem against Arkansas. It did its job. It, against Arkansas, BYU's offense showed up. The offense, by the way, I've been bagging on the defense. Offense is not accepted in all of this. That, that's the thing. The offense was not good. Jaron Hall had his first sub-50% completion percentage, I think, in his BYU career. 16 of 34 in this game, 187 yards for him in this one. BYU's rushing game, just 16 attempts for 71 yards. Okay, 4.4 yards per carry is not a bad average, but just 16 rushing attempts. Their leading rusher in this game, Christopher Brooks had three carries for 26 yards, and 22 of that came on his longest run of the day. Jaron Hall was your second leading rusher with five carries for 24 yards. They said that Lopini Katoa and Miles Davis were healthy, but Lopini Katoa finished with one carry for seven yards, and Miles Davis two carries for minus two yards, and Miles Davis, his best carry of the day, was a no-gainer. 
The best player for BYU in this game, without a doubt, Pukunakua. Seven receptions, 114 yards, one touchdown through the air. Pukunakua is a cheat code for the BYU offense. The sad part is there's seemingly nobody else to pair with him or there wasn't in this game. The special teams, not great either. Uh, honestly, I would give BYU's defense a D- minus in their grades. I'd give BYU's offense a D+, plus, and I'd give the special teams what? Maybe a C-, minus, uh, maybe even worse than that, maybe a D. The, across the board, BYU got absolutely run roughshod, run ragged. They got absolutely obliterated by this Liberty squad. Liberty set this up saying this is the biggest game in their program's history. Jerry Falwell, Falwell Sr. said that this is, it's 50 years in the making for this game between BYU being on Liberty's home field. And Liberty played like it. And BYU, as I use in the open, the quote from Marshall Lynch, they were there so they just didn't get fined. I don't know what else you want me to say. And we're going to get to your comments here real quick as we finish out this postcast edition. But BYU's in a bad spot right now. Oh, one other thing. Kalani Satake, so long as he's going to lift the lid on saying that he is calling the defensive play, something that I was told to sit and be quiet about because I heard about it earlier on this week. I was told I needed to respect the wishes of the people who told me, and I did that. Uh, If they tell me to keep things quiet, I will sit on it. But now the fact that Kalani has lifted the lid, I'm going to fill you in on the other changes of what I understand for BYU's defense. The the quote-unquote changes the state secret changes that BYU is not willing to address? Well, here they are. Lisa Tuiaki is now BYU's defensive line coach with Jan Jorgensen as the BYU defensive analyst along that unit helping him. That's what Elisa is. He's a glorified defensive coach who holds a defensive coordinator title right now. They move Preston Hadley off defensive ends back to safeties. He's working in the defensive backfield. Now you're probably wondering, well, what's Ed Lamb doing, Jake? Ed Lamb is no longer coaching a position for BYU. He is the special teams coordinator and assistant head coach. He has been moved off coaching a position for BYU. I'll, I'll, I'll put my name to it. That's, that's what, that's, that, that, those were the changes for BYU. Those were the coaching changes BYU made this week. Did it provide any substantive change in the overall output for BYU's defense? Nope, it did not. Maybe it will next week, but I'm not holding my breath. I, at this point, I think you and I out there, any of my listeners, you've got to be in prove it mode. You get wait and, wait and see mode. I want BYU to prove they can play better than they have been because right now they are not playing good football on any side of the football. The defense, horrendous. Offense, not much better. And the special teams, well, what we thought would be a pretty special uh, special special teams has, for most of this year, been mediocre and downright bad. And today was a bad day. They had the 28-yard punt for the first punt, one of the 22. Not good. Not good, not 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 good enough. And Kalani Sitake knows it. I know that he is feeling the pressure. I know that he has got people barking at him, and many of you out there are barking right along with me, as you should. The biggest thing right now is BYU is on the verge of having this season spiral out of control. And are do you see two more wins on this schedule, by the way, for BYU? It feels like this team understands that this season, for all intents and purposes, is over. But if they want to have a bull trip, they want to take their families to somewhere warm and enjoy bowl festivities. You got to win two more games, gentlemen. One of those, probably I would count Utah Tech. But Utah Tech, the way BYU's defense is performing right now, does anybody feel safe about any game remaining on BYU's schedule? I don't, and you probably shouldn't either. 
All right. Uh, I will step off my soapbox. We'll let you guys have your say coming up here in just a minute. First, though, a word on our friends at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all of your betting football and, uh, excuse me, for betting football and the start of the new basketball season with the NBA and college hoops on its way very, very soon. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online Ranger continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, okay, let's break into your guys' comments here. I'm not getting to every one of them. There are a ton of them out there. I'm going to throw it up here on the screen here. I'm going to share my screen so you guys can see those. I will take my ugly mug off of the uh, off the screen so you guys can see them a little more clearly and take down my little overlay there. All right, uh, first things first here. Uh, Dan Pendleberry, this is rock bottom, dot, 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 right? Uh, well, Dan, I would have thought last week would have been rock bottom. Apparently not. Grant Clark, how about them Jazz? Well, the Jazz have two wins. They're 2-0 to start their season. Um, Scott Bundy replying to Locked On Cougars with this graphic. Yes, that is the exhibition opener for BYU against something like, is it Arizona? There's an Arizona NAIA school coming in, the Spirit, I guess. I can't even remember what the name is. Their exhibition season starts. They actually have a blue-white game this coming week. Uh, Carl Johnson, it's a good thing I'm at my son's peewee game, and I'm only listening to this. I'd hate to be getting this frustrated on the furniture and the walls of my home, at least my my son's team is winning. Carl, I hope your t- son's team actually won for, for all of our sakes out there. Um, other ones coming in here. I'm just going to kind of scroll through and pick these off as we go along. Corey Post, this game was eye-opening. I'm honestly scared for next year at this point. Also wondering where our NFL QB has gone. At this point, will him and Puka be back next year? I think I've said it enough, Corey. I, 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 don't, I don't think Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua have any intention of sticking around, nor should they, because uh, what wh- what is there for them? Like What, what do they need to do? Uh, because because they, they they can go get money. Um, let's see. We got the fire Tuiaki, fire lamb, hire Bronco. And if Kleine doesn't do it, Homo needs to fire him too. Colton Schmidt. Wow. Okay. That's a take. Uh, by the way, I am telling you, you fire Kalani Satake, you might as well fold shop for the BYU football program as far as I'm concerned. You're, you're not going to find a, a better representative of what BYU is right now than Kalani Sitake. I, I, trust me, I'm not going to call for anybody's jobs to, to be lost because I work in an industry where people would probably call for my job and I... I it's my, it's my livelihood. It's their livelihood. I get all of that. Uh, Nick Chadwick, who are your top three choices for a new defensive coordinator? I sent you avoided this question last week, but I think I might get a response this week. Well, Nick, uh, since you're a GFOP, a good friend of the podcast, I'll give you this. Uh, if BYU does decide to make a change, there are a couple of names out there swirling. I'd like to see BYU kick the tires on. One of them being Frank Miley. Frank Miley is currently assi- the assistant head coach and coaches, I think, at the defensive line for Boise State. He's got a very, very good reputation in college football. A guy who worked at Utah State, I think he knows uh, what BYU is all about, would represent it well. He'd be a guy on the list. Chad Kahala, Hala, K- K- Chad. I think I got that one right. Would it also be another name to keep an eye on? Uh, There are guys that Kalani Sitake knows very well in this business. Uh, You have to uh, obviously kick the tires on any of those guys who might have interest. Sean Nua, the former BYU defensive uh, star. He is a a coach at Michigan uh, most currently. A guy that I think BYU would do well to reach out to. But there's even guys like Kelly Papinga out there who's also at Boise State right now. Kelly was a co-defensive coordinator at Virginia under Bronco Mendenhall. Does he have interest in coming home to his alma mater? You'd have to see what he's got interest in. And maybe Kalani Satake, if he is forced to make a change, 
change. He goes outside the box. Did how many of us had Jeff Grimes on our uh, short list of future BYU offensive coordinators when he went out and got him? <coughs> excuse me, ahead of the 2018 season. Excuse me, I didn't mean to cough there while recording, but I'm going to take a swig of water here as we continue on. All right, so uh, next thing. Uh, we got a couple other ones coming. So, Nick, hopefully that answers your question. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, Brian, here's a good one. 49er Coog. Is a two-minute clip of bleep possible? Uh, I think you're assuming I was going to come on here and start spitting hot fire and use all kinds of expletives. Well, apparently I, I, I couldn't say anything worse than what was caught on film for Kalani Sitake and apparently some other radio folk out there were allegedly uh, caught with some open mics today. But it happens. Trust me. It's not the first time. It's not the last time. And what we saw on the football field, not good enough for BYU. John Steed here with the, uh, a sick face emoji and then the throwing up emoji. It, it, it wasn't good. Um, let's see. Other ones coming in. I'm just scrolling through here. Clint O'Pete, uh, will BYU be bowl eligible? It's a great question, Clint, because the way BYU's acting on the field right now, to me, think it makes me think that they think they're bowl eligible. They only have four wins. they gotta, they got to scrape together two more wins. And uh, I'll also acknowledge this. I said coming into the season, the baseline for success for BYU, in my mind, was nine wins. They've lost four. Nine and three is out of the question. So they have fallen below my expectations for this squad. I thought this was going to be a team with all the experience returning, all of the talent that they had coming back. I would have thought they would have been playing with some better... uh, Leadership. They've been just playing more cohesive as a unit because they brought brought back a lot of talent for this squad. They didn't lose all that many guys from last year's team. Uh, BYU four Trey playoff bogey. I love you, Jake, but I just can't bring myself to listen to this this time. This one was just too painful. I hope better days are ahead. Well, playoff bogey. If you do happen to check us out, I gave you that shout out. None, nonetheless, um, other ones coming in here. Jeff Henor, our good friend down there, in Atlanta. What is there to be said at this point? Even the offense looked bad. Jeff, you're not wrong. It's it, it's just it's not it's not pretty. Uh, Clinto Pete, more total season wins by the end of next week. BYU or the Jazz? Well, the Jazz have two. BYU's got four. The Jazz have four games over the next week. So by the time we get to next Saturday, if the way the Jazz are playing, they're pretty frisky. They're kind of the anti BYU. Uh, they may be either on par or just be ahead of BYU. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Brandon, it's Sir B. Rob. How many recruits have we lost this year? Well, funny enough, BYU actually just got a commitment yesterday from a guy from Menlo Park, California, a defensive end type uh, coming to BYU. I actually don't have the name in front of me. I apologize. I probably should have had that off the top of my head. But I don't think BYU necessarily has lost a lot of recruits this year. But I was sent a very concerning post, and I talked to some people about this, uh, that uh, Spencer Fano, uh, BYU is obviously uh, his older brother, Logan Fano, is a member of the BYU football program is uh, sitting out this year uh, recovering from a knee injury suffered in, in spring ball. Uh, if the story is to be believed is that uh, there were contingents from Oregon, UCLA, and the University of Utah who showed up uh, to watch Spencer Fano play in a big game recently, and BYU was nowhere to be seen. And we're talking the, the Oregon and the UCLA crews flew in on private jets to watch this young man play, love him up, show him that they were supporting him, and where's BYU's coaching staff or any member of the BYU staff in general whether it's recruiting staff, etc. Not a soul to be found if the story is to be believed. BYU's dropping the ball in certain circumstances. I don't think they have lost recruits quite yet, Brandon, but at the same time, you continue losing, some of those recruits may reconsider what exactly they're signing up for with BYU going into the Big 12. It's just... That's that, so. I don't think. Let me get back to your point. I don't think they've lost any recruits quite yet, but the problem is it's just... <laughs> It's on the point of if you keep losing like this, 
recruits will reconsider. They want to play for programs that have their crap together. And BYU right now sure doesn't look like they have their crap together. Um, let's see here. Justin Park, the Oregon tape has become every team's blueprint this season. Run off tackle because BYU scheme has no one set to set the edges and the ends crashing to the middle. Then on pass plays, soft zones that teach passing off versus plastering. Players may be poor as well, but no execution. I got to agree with you. Ului Lapuahu, who played for BYU's defensive line, asked the question in game, where in the world is BYU's second defender to take on the second polling uh, offensive lineman for Liberty here? It's something I've, I've noticed on film, especially uh, last week against Arkansas as well. BYU has a linebacker or a defensive end to take on the first pulling guard on those counter trap plays, but the second player it's nowhere to be found. You, I'm going to go back and watch this game. Trust me, I'm going to subject myself to this again. My film review on Monday, we're going to do it, my friends. I'm going to subject myself to watching this game all over again and I, I'm going to see if I can find an answer for that, but it just doesn't look good. Our good friend Mojo, it's just not on coaching. Looked ugly all around. Missed tackles, bad angles, drop passes. The team looks sloppy and listless all around. The, the, the shot in the fourth quarter of Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua laughing and cracking jokes on the sideline is a really, really bad look. Trust me, I saw more than a, a, my fair share of people saying, what in the world are those guys doing laughing? And the funny thing, in the very same shot, Gunnar Romney is sitting on the bench looking absolutely despondent. It was kind of a great contrast. and I, I'm sure Gunnar's not happy with the fact that he's not been cleared to play. He has been hoping to play all this season, uh, has had a little bit of a, an injury bug, as we all know, that, that lacerated kidney, and obviously getting injured again against Boy, against Notre Dame has knocked him out once again. He looked absolutely miserable in that instance. Meanwhile, his uh, quarterback and the other star receiver are over there cracking jokes. It, that's a bad optic. It, it's a very bad optic for BYU. Uh, let's see. Other ones coming in here as you uh, scroll on. Uh, Landon Sorensen, no win October. Here we come. And with the, oh no, we suck again uh, uh, meme from, uh, uh, from the water boy. I'd like to see BYU win a game before the month uh, plays out, but we'll see what happens. I, I, ju- I just don't know what to expect at this point. Uh, the drop eight with linebackers playing where safety should be and safety's 20-yard back has got to stop. That comes in from our good friend Matthew Detweiler. And Matt, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, BYU, I just think they were trying to go to anything that might keep plays in front of them, but that even got shredded. Like, I don't know. Uh, you guys, you just want uh, you want me to... to I don't know what you want me to say at this point because I don't know about this. Oh, one other one here. Uh, Corey, the true blue true blue BYU. We don't have a disciplinarian on this team. We need one. Maybe that someone could be our new defensive coordinator or our current one isn't good. Maybe so. I, I'm with you on the disciplinarian thing. I, I just don't think that uh, BYU has that quote-unquote disciplinarian, the guy who is going to go and uh, chew people out. I, I, I don't necessarily think that's on the roster right now, whether in the coaching staff or on the actual player roster. I don't know if that is on the roster. So maybe it is, and maybe I'm, I, I, I missed who it is, but they're not doing their job if there is somebody on this roster that is that guy that's going to chew people out and let it, let them know that they're, they're failing. It's just, it's not there right now. So I'm going to sign off. Uh, I think that's enough of the, um, hot takes and everything else for Liberty, but nonetheless, BYU on the wrong end of a palindrome, 41 to 14. Liberty gets the win. They're seven and one BYU sinks to four and four. And now BYU's got a short week as they get ready for East Carolina with Holton Aylers coming in as their quarterback. If you don't know who Holton Aylers is, get to know him. He's passed for 2000 yards already this season. Yes. He knows how to throw the football and he is a gunslinger of the highest order. And if BYU's defense cannot play, uh, 
any better than they have the past three weeks? Well, ECU might be gunning for 500 yards once again next week, and that would get them over 2,000 yards in the month of October given up for BYU's defense. That would be not fun. And uh, the one other thing, by the way, some of you out there, I, I've seen people that were like, well, the media, they're all homers. Okay, you can call us homers for what it is, but let, let's, be, let's be very frank about this. Winning football games is good for business for us in the, in, in the line of work that I am in. I want BYU to win every bloody football game out there. Let me be very clear about that. It means people are consuming my content, whether it's in the radio format or in this podcast format. When BYU wins, my listens, views, whatever it is, the, the, the stuff that gets me, puts money in my pocket, that's better. When they lose, not so good. That's where my rooting loyalty lies when it comes to this stuff. I'll leave it on that. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the postcast for Locked On Cougars. Like I said, I'll be re-watching this game, subjecting myself to whew, watching that game again and trying to get some notes for you guys. We'll break it down on Monday. We'll have it covered all week long leading up to that East Carolina game. And uh, Halloween's on the way. Pretty scary in Cougarland right now. So that'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for making us your first listen. Go check out Locked On Big 12. Get caught up on everything else going on in the Big 12 Conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. This has been the Locked On Cougars Postcast. See ya.